the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Forecast. I'm Brian May for AM860, The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Got Ken with me again today. Good morning, doctor. We're smoking, baby. We're smoking already. I'm telling you, we got... Did you hear that music, Ken? That was awesome. That's urgent music. You have urgent news, apparently, for us. Don't tune away. I got lots of things to talk about this morning. Listen, I didn't get to finish up on esophageal cancer last week. The esophagus is your food tube. I wanted to real quickly touch on that, and then we'll move on to some more pressing matters. And I'm, I'm talking about this because one of my patients who's in his 40s came in, and uh, we diagnosed him with this. Oh, man, what a bummer. What a bummer. So at any rate, this is uh, 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 something that presents as difficulty swallowing, of course, because it's your food tube. So that's the first thing you're going to see. And uh, initially, it's for solids. You have a hard time getting solids down. Then eventually, it'll progress to liquids as well. And then there's weight loss because you lose your appetite and the tumor invades your stomach. Uh, you can have bleeding uh, from uh, the erosion of the lining of the esophagus and you get anemic. Uh, you can have pain. Uh, if you have metastasis to your bone, that's when the cancer leaves that area and travels to different parts of the body. You can have pain and you can have hoarseness because there's a nerve that comes down that way that actually innervates half of your voice box. So then you can talk, but your horse because half of your voice box is paralyzed. Unique, huh? This does not sound good in any way, Doc. No, it's not. And it's got a, a really high mortality rate, um, depending on what stage it's in. And the staging is too complex to go into. But we make the diagnosis by putting the tube down your down your throat, the flexible uh, endoscope, and we take some biopsies of the, of the area. And this poor guy, he had a 10-centimeter area up and down his esophagus, which is, what, three inches? Yeah, about ten, in, about three inches. That's that's a, that's a good hunk of. That's a, pretty big. Yeah, and uh, we did a CAT scan, and it looks like he might have some uh, lymph nodes in his chest as well. Uh, we looked in the stomach, and another thing we do, Ken, is what's called a PET scan. I don't know if I've talked about that before. This is where we inject you with a fast uh, decaying uh, radioisotope that has a, either radioactive oxygen or a radioactive glucose molecule in it. And what happens is that the cells that are really hyperactive, which cancer cells generally are, they will take up this uh, isotope and they will light up like crazy on the on the gamma camera. So, uh, but it, it's a it's a pretty neat technology. But the the half life of these isotopes are like minutes to hours at the most. So they're in and out of your system in no time. So and, so what's the um, what's the you say you have difficulty swallowing. What's the first uh, sign you might have this? Is that, is that going to be it? That's usually the first sign you have, and weight loss is, is usually the second. Is it too late by then? I mean, by the, is, is there anything you can do about it, really? 
Yeah, if you get it early, you can. Uh, the The treatment is going to be surgical, uh, and depending on whether it's a squamous or cell ca cancer or an adenocarcinoma cancer, uh, there'll be radiation and chemotherapy. The squamous cells probably got a little better uh, prognosis than the adenocarcinoma, uh, but uh, you know it's it's hard to say. If you get it early, you can take out. The, the length of esophagus that is involved, and it usually involves taking some of the stomach too. They can do a stomach pull-up. They'll pull the stomach up into the, into the chest and uh, make you a, a new food tube, so to speak, not ideal. Uh, in the old days, I don't know if they're still doing it. They may still do it in some areas. We'll take a loop of bowel and take that out, and then you sew the bowel back together end to end in the stomach and take that loop and you put it up in the chest you hook it to the stump of the esophagus and then to the stomach, and you've got a, you've got a rudimentary esophagus. The problem with all of these things are going to be motility. Uh, you're going to have to have, or you will have some problems swallowing, but uh, you know you'll be able to get things down. And uh, of course, you're going to have uh, difficulty with digestion because your stomach's going to be involved. So it, it's it's not an easy thing. And then there's chemotherapy and radiation. And, uh, you know, it's a long ordeal. It's a, it's a couple of years of, of uh, commitment to medical and surgical therapy. Is this, uh, is this a um, hereditary thing or is it more dietary? What, what, what are the causes? What can we do to prevent this? The two main causes are reflux, um, GERD, you know, gastroesophageal reflux disease, you know, when you get indigestion. Sure. Uh, when, the, uh, when the gastric acids roll up into your esophagus because your esophagus is not made to handle that low pH, that pH of two, which is what the stomach is. Stomach's got a special mu lining that secretes a mucus that's uh, protective, but the esophagus does not. And there's actually a little uh, rudimentary valve at the uh, junction of the food tube in the stomach to keep it from rolling up. But, uh, a lot of us, as we get older, and some of us just by inheritance or whatever, uh, we have reflux and the acid can uh, go from just irritation to uh, causing a high-grade dysplasia or change in the cells in the lining of the esophagus, and then that can become an adenocarcinoma. Now, the other big thing is smoking. Uh, we see upper arrow esophageal arrow, meaning your breathing uh, mechanisms, your, your trachea and your bronchi and your voice box. And esophageal is, of course, your food tube. So upper arrow esophageal cancers with smoking. And if you add alcohol to that, then that really increases your chances. So uh, this guy probably has, uh, he's a smoker, and he probably has a double hit that he has tobacco abuse and also some reflux disease that he didn't know about. So the, the, this, the bottom line here is that if you have chronic uh, reflux problems and burning in your chest and difficulty swallowing, you need to go see your gastroenterologist and get scoped. A small chance it's going to be a cancer, but th this is one of the ones you don't want to miss. Yeah, this sounds really, really nasty and painful. This yeah. is a bad actor with a high mortality rate, yeah. and it's really a sad situation. Nice guy uh, from South Africa. He owns his own security business. Very successful. Uh, nice girlfriend, and course i spanked them both and told them they better go get the vaccine before they get too deep into the treatment here because you know they're at high risk for for catching the the virus as well hey how's your hospital doing in that by the way i've heard that 
some hospitals are seeing 700% increases over the last month or so. Oh, yeah, we've seen a 1,000% easily because we just, you know, last month we had maybe one or two in the hospital. Now we, I think we were up to about 30 uh, mm-hmm. last week. I don't know how we're doing. The mortality rate is not that high, though. And I'll tell you, 99% of these people are unvaccinated. They're unvaccinated, Ken. I don't know what to do. Uh, our office, our back office uh, nursing assistant, her whole family has got it. And why? They won't get the vaccine. I don't know. Now, one of the one of the nurse anesthetists in the uh, in the lunchroom, Karen, uh, she's black, and she said that she's having difficulty getting her family to do it. And she thought that there was a, a bias in the people of color uh, against the vaccine. Of course, she got it because I mean she's you know an educated woman and she's in the middle of this. But uh, one of her cousins died in his fifties, and it's this is not a this is nothing to sniff at. Although your chances of dying are very low. I mean, you know, what do you want to get sick and have to be at home for one or two months for? I mean, that's craziness. And you you feel bad and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You might have to go to the hospital. you got to stop and get the IV monoclonal antibody therapy if you're not that sick. And there's just a lot of reasons to, uh, if nothing else, the convenience of your life to, to go get vaccinated. I mean, Cut the crap and go get vaccinated. It's just, it doesn't make any sense, Ken. I was reading over the weekend, uh, over the week, uh, an article about um, why people aren't being vaccinated. They did some surveys, and they found that many people are mistrustful of the new technology that created this. They're, they just don't trust it. And I remember, and did I did, just by accident, I watched something on the History Channel uh, that night uh, about electricity and when it was introduced to the homes and there was a time in this country believe it or not when people paid other people to come in and turn on their lights because they did not want to touch that switch well that you know electricity was a difficult problem at the turn of the last century and being a lineman uh, was one of the highest paid uh, blue collar jobs because it had such a high mortality rate these guys were touching wires before they had adequate uh, breaker switches and understood completely how the whole system was working and bam that blow them right off their ladder and they were dead on a doornail like i can understand a little bit why the new technology would frighten people but it, it's you know it's ridiculous uh, the, too many people have died and everybody else who's gotten the shot seems to be uh, just fine except for that one or that point zero one percent yeah and you know some of the people that are coming in and saying yes i've been vaccinated where's the proof and uh, the doctors, they, they want to believe their patients. And I was talking with Yulia, one of the one of the house uh, doctors internist. She's a Eastern European gal, nice gal, smart gal. And she said, well, we have one that has, has been vaccinated and came in with the virus last. This was last week. And I said, how do you know? Well, she told us. I said, Yulia, <laughs> that, that's not proof, you know, that you. You can't believe. I mean, you have to. If you're going to be scientific, you got to got you got to have the data. You know what I'm saying? You it's got to, all about the, show me there, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is a Missouri thing. You got to show me. Where's your card? Where's did did you draw antibody levels? Let's see what's going on here. And uh, as you know, one of our uh, members at the station who had the virus, uh, she said she didn't want to get the vaccine, and she, I said, well you better check your antibody levels. And she didn't. She didn't have adequate. I don't think she had any antibodies. 
Oops. So because we gave her the monoclonal treatment, and I guess that pretty much took care of everything, and she didn't mount much of a response. She also has some other problems, but. But get the vaccine, folks. Come on. Yeah, get the vaccine. And people say, well, how long does it last? Well, we're out to eight months with the research. And it looks like it's doing pretty good. It's holding up very well. It's decaying away at the uh, usual levels that you would expect uh, uh, vaccine-stimulated uh, uh, antibodies to decay away at. And you really don't need a whole lot to be protective. Uh, if The research that I'm looking at shows that... Uh, the neutralizing level for 50% protection against detectable uh, virus to be about 20% of the mean convalescent level. 20% of, of the convalescent level. So if you, let's say, I don't know what the levels are. Let's say you get 50 international units on the test and you, uh, and eight months later, you're down to 10 units. You still got immunity you got you're not even going to half the population who would get it are not even going to have detectable antibody levels and if you do get sick uh, if you if you go down to about three percent of the mean convalescent level which is uh, what three three times 50 is 1.5 international units you still got protection you may get sick but you're not going to get that sick so i mean this is this is turning out to be a pretty damn good uh, uh, immunization. Uh, and even if we needed a booster shot somewhere down the line, it's not the end of the world, you know? You, you, oh, you get your booster shot. You get a flu shot every oh, year. You get the flu shot every year. And, and, and I mean, even even the doctors are, are being kind of silly because we were talking about uh, getting the kids vaccinated. You know, their kids are all going back to school. And uh, some of the doctors who are a little more prescient and a little little more insightful, they're, they're like... Uh, well, do you think we should get the kids vaccinated? The FDA hasn't approved it yet. And where are you going to get the vaccine? I said, I'll get you a vial of vaccine. That's not a big deal. Get your kids vaccinated. There's there's no data to show that it's going to do anything other than help them. And the only reason that we're going slowly is because of the fear of the CDC and the government that, you know, like we had the kids, the teenagers who got the vaccine and we had six or seven of them that had the myocarditis. Give me a break. Come on, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of kids are vaccinated and six or seven get sick. I mean, well, that, that's the media blows things up. Well, you know, I mean, this happens with any vaccine. You have problems with any vaccine. So the media blows it up because they're they're it's what uneducated. they do. It's what they do. Yeah, yeah, it's what they do. They're uneducated. They they're they're trying to sell their wares. Exactly. So it's about money. Yeah. They want to sensationalize things, and uh, and there's probably a fear factor too because I listen to some of these folks, and they really they really don't understand, even though they're supposedly intelligent people. This is difficult to understand all of this. It is really, uh, and even doctors. One of our doctors is sitting there. Another one of the internists, a hospitalist, and she said, "Well, isn't the Johnson and Johnson vaccine a killed virus?" <laughs> and the ID doctor and I are, "No, it's a live." adenovirus that's been genetically manipulated to express the spike protein. She said, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, we've been sitting around talking about this at the lunch table for a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Would you have the earbuds in listening to some music or something? <laughs> come back to reality. <laughs> so right. the antibody levels will stay with you. And, uh, 
you know, we're out to 208 days in the research, and they're, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at how high they're remaining in, in most people. So it's, it's, uh, it's nothing but spectacular what we're seeing with this. And this new technology is something really worth uh, uh, running with. This is going to change the way we live. It's going to change the way vaccines are made. It's going to change uh, our health and our health care systems. It's going to put me out of business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do? No, nah, Doc, I, keep, I take such bad care of myself. I'll keep you going for a while. All right. <laughs> Thank God you're there. <laughs> That's right. I'm a couch potato, you know, so. That's all right. We still love you. Oh, thank you very much. And I love you, too. <laughs> but get so, the shot. We, we love all of you. We Get the shot, and we'll love you even more. That's right. So now I'm going to move on to uh, this maglev train that the Chinese are bringing out. Uh, they've actually brought it out, and it's in its beta testing. They're running around. They've got a track around the, the, uh, the factory, and they're running this thing around. Guess how fast this thing can go? Well, I'm, I'm going to say 100 miles an hour at least. A hundred, it'll go six hundred kilometers 600. per hour, and that is uh, about three hundred and seventy miles per hour. It goes as fast as a, as a slow jet. See, I'm I, I'd be much more afraid of that than the vaccine. <laughs> well, you know, if you go, if you get a ride on this, you can even get the vaccine while you're riding, <laughs> <laughs> and a will written as well, if you'd like. That sounds dangerous, that kind of speed on a track. Well, you know, but it's not. It's elevated, though, isn't it? The way the maglev works yeah, is there magnets that uh, repel the train off the track. So the train's actually um, just sitting uh, on a magnetic uh, cushion, and it's up in the air, you know, a, a centimeter or whatever. And then there are magnets uh, on the on the forward end of it, so there there's horizontal and vertical magnets, and the the magnets turn off and on, and they pull this train along, and it's all computerized, and so this thing it has no there's no friction, so it has nothing to slow it down other than just air, and I I, I threw a picture up for the uh, Facebook YouTube gang, um, we're streaming as you know, and also on my website drbillradiomd.com, and this thing. It, Ken, it is too cool. It looks like something out of uh, outer space. <laughs> it's just the nose goes down to just almost a point. It looks like a looks like kind of like a dolphin diving into the water. And uh, they've already got six cars they've hooked up to this thing and pulled it around at 600 kilometers per hour, 375 miles per hour. It, cool. It's a fatal crash. No matter what happens, it's a fatal crash. That's that's the problem. There'll be no survivors, and it will happen at some point. Well, everything has failures, but yes. uh, you know there, there's going to be safety features on it that I'm sure are going to be unique. They'll probably have airbags and all that, so some people may survive it. And of course, <laughs> the thing will stop on a dime. You know, that. you just turn the power off. Yeah, you just turn the power off, and it's that's it. It that's stops. The, the weight <laughs> and just gravity and weight will stop it pretty quick. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, your feet might get a little hot because of the <laughs> – <laughs> so lift them up. <laughs> well, that's uh, – you know, that would be the fastest train in the world by some speed, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be an interface between the high-speed trains that are out there now that do 200, 250 kilometers per hour 
and uh, jet flight. And they say this is for a range of approximately 1,500 kilometers, which is uh, about 1,000 miles. Uh, and and so this is this is intermediate between a jet flight. So let's say you're going to go from here to um, Atlanta. This would be a good alternative to flying. But uh, and we're in Tampa Bay, so however, if, it's, if, it's, it's, uh, if the price point is right, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, what you know, it's a socialist country, so they oh, can. Correct. Yeah, I mean, they just take the tax money and put it where they want. Exactly. You know, it's just yeah. in Europe, we have a, a magnificent train system. Of course, everybody pays taxes through the nose, and uh, it's still not super cheap, but it's it's relatively inexpensive. And it it beats the uh, alternative of of flying if you don't like to fly, and a lot of people don't. And you know, with a train too, you get to see some things. Now, I love I, trains. We we were in Alaska. We took a train from. Um, where do we go from one place from uh, Anchorage down south to get on a cruise boat and took a train all the way and it was gorgeous. It, it's fun. I love trains. My wife doesn't like them. She says, especially if we uh, spend the night on the train, she doesn't like that at all. She, now on the other on the other side of the uh, spectrum, uh, going back in my Chicago days, taking a train to Chicago to go to school, somebody shot a bullet through the hole one of the windows of the car I was in. So. You know, anybody hurt? you get your good and bad. Did anybody get shot? No, it was uh, late at night. Yeah, no harm, no foul. That's right, exactly. <laughs> I just moved to another window, a non-window seat, rather. Well, just take your chewing gum and plug the hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the maglev, uh, this is coming. And it, the city that it's in is right across from southern uh, tip of South Korea, so... Next time we're over there, if the train's up and running, I think we're going to jump on a plane from uh, from uh, uh, southern South Korea and go over there and take a ride somewhere. I don't know where it'll go, but what the heck. I'd love to be on a 600-kilometer-per-hour train. Did I tell you we were on uh, the train in South Korea, the, the rapid transit? Uh, it was going, I don't know, 250 kilometers per hour, and Myung looks out, and Myung is my wife, by the way, and she says, it doesn't look like we're going that fast. Uh, she's looking, you know, miles off into the distance. And I said, look down at the track. <laughs> it's just a blur. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to see anything when you're doing 600 miles an hour. Uh, well, nothing relatively close. No, it'll just. 375 miles an hour, 600 kilometers. Yeah. I'm, I don't think you'd be able to see much of anything. Yeah. I don't know. Would frighten me a little bit. Even though I have no fear of getting on an airplane and traveling 500 miles an hour. So. Well, you know, you got to think of it in terms of a plane is basically uh, has no ground friction. It's just all air friction, right? Yeah. So this is basically the same thing. There's only air friction. The only difference is, is you're closer to the ground. Uh, so what, the way you could look at it is uh, if you had a similar crash in a plane, you'd probably have 30 seconds to scream and shout and yell. Whereas with this, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be all over quick. Well, there's an advantage, I guess. Yes. There's an advantage there. <laughs> and I think it's important that we consider all of these factors when we, when we do, but I'll well, jump on. When you get on the, pl when you get on this train, make sure you're rolling some video so we can all enjoy it with you when you get back. I'll do it, baby. I will do it. And, and, you know, there's also a new technology out uh, there's this vision jet uh, company and they're making these little jets 
and there's a company called, I think it's called Cirrus. It's the Cirrus Aircraft Vision Gent, and they are a private uh, company, and and you can purchase for three thousand dollars an hour. You can purchase a, a four seater jet, or not purchase. You can rent the jet, and it'll fly you wherever you want to go in, in the United States that they are able to get back in time to pick up somebody else. So let's say you want to go to New York for dinner, and it's a two-hour flight up there, so that's $6,000. You split it between four people, that's not bad, 1500 bucks. It, it really isn't, no. <laughs> that's quite it's an not, idea they've got there. I like that. Yeah, and uh, so they're, of course, going to market this to the, uh, to the uh, corporate world as well as to the elite who aren't, aren't wealthy enough to have their own jet. And, and they're neat little jets, too, I'm telling you. They're, they're, it's a fantail. Uh, you know, it's got the V-shaped tail mm-hmm. or the tail, whatever you call it. And uh, it, it's, it's a, it looks like it's a, a modular thing because they've got some prop ones, too. So they've taken the same airframe and they've uh, just added different engine configurations and probably uh, also some uh, extra stress load on the wings for the faster flight. But not a bad-looking little plane. It seats four. It has two pilot seats, and uh, it's got a drop-down TV, and there's area to work on your computer, and it's it's really nice. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. If I had the cash, I'd do it myself, but <clears throat> being a poor, poor young man, <laughs> just... You know, giving all my money away to Barb and the radio station, it, it, it's kind of hard. Well, you like trains anyway. We understand that. So to, I guess I'll have to just wait for the trains. The other cool thing about this puppy is that it uh, has a parachute. So if it if it uh, fails, if the engines fail, <laughs> the parachute deploys and you float down. That's <laughs> pretty cool. That system has saved, I think, over a thousand lives already, actually. That is too cool, man. Yeah. It is too cool. And the parachute's really pretty. It's red and white and it's got all this fluffy stuff on it. You'll live, but the plane will never fly again. No, it'll. I think the landing gear will be a little messed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably the nose as well. So, And also lift your feet up, too, so they don't get bumped yeah. on the ground. Yeah. You're falling at about 30 miles an hour, so you should be able to withstand that one. But yeah. you'll need a new plane. You'll need a new plane. <laughs> That's right. And Cirrus Aircraft will be happy because you'll have to go buy another one from them. So I guess they've got a, a planned crash of, you know, one per thousand or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that parachute has saved a lot of lives. It really has. Yeah. But that's pretty neat, Ken, because now you – and we're entering a whole new age of avionics. I mean, look, look what uh, Bezos and, and Elon Musk did. I mean, they're, they're going to start marketing uh, commercial flights – to the edge of the atmosphere so you can go up there and feel weightless and look down and see the earth from a million miles away or whatever it is. Well, this is, the, this is the first step in, you know, 45 minute flights to, uh, Tokyo. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, you, if you can escape the, the atmosphere, uh, and just hit, hit the afterburners, all of a sudden you're doing 15,000 miles an hour. You'll be there in no time. Exactly. So it could be very exciting the next 30, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'm wondering about is the jet lag. I mean, what? How would? How's that going to affect our our biorhythms uh, to travel that fast from one place to another? Would we even notice it? I don't know. 
I guess if you're outside the atmosphere, it probably doesn't have any effect because there's no gravitational pull. And if you can make it to Tokyo in under an hour, the 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 uh, I guess the timing, the lag of of your of your body biorhythms is not going to be that affected. Uh, you'd get there at night if you started off during the day, but I don't I don't know how that would work. We'll have to investigate that and come back with a report on that. And we'll do that right after. Uh... We hear a little bit of this. Hang on a second. There we go. Very urgent music. Here we go. Bill Ken, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. COVID-19 cases are escalating in the Sunshine State. On Friday, Florida recorded its highest one-day total of new coronavirus cases since the beginning of the pandemic. That total was nearly 22,000 new cases. And now Florida accounts for about one-fifth of all cases in the country. House lawmakers failed to round up enough votes to extend the federal ban on evictions, which expired at midnight. And Democrats are upset with President Biden, who told them on Thursday that he was going to let the moratorium expire. Senators return to work at noon today here in the nation's capital as they try to finalize the $1 trillion infrastructure deal. It was an agreement agreed to by a group of Republicans and Democrats. The majority leader says there will be no summer vacation until the work on infrastructure is done. This is SRN News. You've talked to Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Copays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. 
You depend on our incomparable lineup of talk hosts each day. Now, you have the chance to meet one of them face-to-face, announcing the Terrific Talkers VIP experience. We'll fly you and a guest on a three-night stay to meet your favorite radio host. Choose from eight experiences, which host you'd like to meet. Enter up to once per day and complete bonus tests to increase your chances of winning. Meet your favorite program host in the Terrific Talkers VIP experience. Go to TheAnswerTampa.com slash talker. That's TheAnswerTampa.com slash talker. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. A thunderstorm in spots this morning, otherwise clouds and sunshine. High 93. Tonight clear and very warm, low 81. Clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a thunderstorm. High 92. Tuesday, cloudy with thunderstorms around. High Tuesday, 91. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Brian May for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. A little bit of uh, music there to heighten the excitement of the show. Oh, my gosh. We're just all over the place today. So, has, it has me tingling, Doc. It's so exciting. I'm, you know, I'm, I had to really <laughs> run out and, and, and grab some fresh air. I was so... <laughs> At any rate, <clears throat> so here's the thing now. This ivermectin, you know what that is? Give me a refresher on that one. Ivermectin is the uh, anti-parasitic drug that has been used primarily in veterinary medicine. kills worms, so if you got worms, it'll kill the worms in you. And so this ivermectin is, uh, has gained some popularity and, and uh, was even tried, I think, by Malaysia or Indonesia without any success uh, to uh, decrease the symptoms of the, COVID vac- of the COVID virus. And so I've had a few people ask me for ivermectin, and I said, no, I'm not going <laughs> to write a prescription for ivermectin. It doesn't work. Well, I've got this literature here that the People's Republic of uh, Gichigumi said that <laughs> to seven of their patients who also lived. And, well, here's the deal, guys. There was something that came out in the Journal of the American Medical Association just last month, or I think it was last month. Well, this is this is August, isn't it? Yeah. It is now, yeah. Today's August yeah. 1st. Yeah, so last month. And, and so the question was, what is the effect of ivermectin on duration of symptoms in adults with the COVID virus? And so the, the trial included 476 patients, and the duration of symptoms were not significantly different between the uh, half who received the ivermectin and the half who did not. They gave a five-day course to people who were diagnosed and symptomatic, and it was 10 versus 12 days. 
so it, it's not statistically significant. So the findings do not support the use of ivermectin for treatment of mild COVID-19, although larger trials may be needed, uh, but in the initial and also what we saw with, I think it's, I think it was Malaysia, but don't hold me to that. I think it was Malaysia tried it and it didn't work. And they said, well, we'll use this instead of giving everybody the vaccine since we don't have enough vaccine. And it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. It did not alter the course or the uh, quantity of people who got the disease. So please give up on this ivermectin. Uh, there's no data for it. I'm, it just, it's so upsetting to me, Ken, that people would actually think that taking something that kills worms will also kill viruses. It won't do it. People are just trying to grasp onto anything. They just don't want to get that shot, I guess. Well, well yeah. Well, you know, uh, hey, listen. Uh, this is this could be Darwinism at work. <laughs> if you don't have the sense to go out and get the vaccine after what a billion people have gotten it, <laughs> okay, Doc, I like that. You know what? I think they're tracking me since I got the second dose. So they've got. I think they have put some nanoparticles in me, and now they're tracking me all over the place and saying we're Doc. Oh, Bill's. don't 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 start that, Doc. No, that's not true. No, I don't think that's the one. That's not true either. No. But every restaurant I go to, there's a lot of people that that's come. That's Google. In. That's not. That's not the vaccine. That's Google. Oh, that's not the vaccine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. I'm. I'm a little confused. I but... have the same problem. Every time I walk into a store, ten minutes later, they want to know how I liked it. <laughs> how, how did you know I was there? Here's my phone. I uh, know, and and you uh, you fill out something online, and all of a sudden you got an email that says, "Would you be so kind as to take a little survey?" <laughs> I know, and yeah, I, we're doing some home repairs, okay? So I needed a dumpster to deliver to my house, and I knew while I'm searching, I said, "For the next two weeks, I'm gonna have to look at ads for dumpsters because I'm looking for a dumpster." And I oh, found yeah. one 20 minutes later, you know, and I'm done. But now yeah. I know for the next two weeks, I'll be yep. seeing dumpster ads. The algorithms know what you're doing. They, they know do. They don't know when you bought it, though. That's the problem. No, they don't. And they don't know if you need it again. That's right. Right. Exactly. So, get the Ooh. shot. Call the doctor. Become his. Become. Let him take care of you. That's my recommendation. Call the, yep. Call Doc. Give him the number, Doc. What's the number? Yeah. 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. By the way, if you do think you have the uh, the virus, come on in. We'll test you. And if you're uh, symptomatic, we can get you the monoclonal antibody therapy across the street at the hospital. It's free. It's free. And you know you're in good hands. You're not going on a, you know, from the Republic of whatever information. The Republic of Gitchigumi. That's right, Gitchigumi. <laughs> do you know what Gitchigumi is? That was the, is that a sea or something, or a lake or something? That That is Lake Superior. That's what the Indians called Lake Superior. The Indian tribes living around there called it Gitchigumi. I know that because of the song, Wreck of the yeah. Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. It's and, mentioned in uh, there, yes. I just I just love that name. We we had more fun with that when we were kids. We were fascinated with Gitchigumi. Yeah, I believe, I believe uh, Chicago means stinky onion, stinking onion or something like that in Native American talk. Stinking something, I'll yeah. tell you. They're, they're, they're stinking all right right now. Even when you say it, it sounds kind of smelly. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so, guess what's going on in North Korea? Uh, do we really know? 
Yeah, we've got uh, reporters in there and people are sending information out and, you, you know, they're having an economic crisis. Plus, they got the, the COVID and uh, they've closed their borders and we've got sanctions on them. So they're 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 having a food crisis, probably the worst that they've had in decades. And so uh, Kim Jong Un's telling the military, well, you're just going to have to discharge these guys. You have to uh, out of the army and uh, they're cutting their tours of duty shorter because that was like a welfare system for them, or it is a welfare system. You know, it gave young guys something to do, and they got fed and uh, um, got some rudimentary health care. Well, now the the military is starving, and so they're going out and they're terrorizing civilians. They're they're mugging people on the street to get food and money. It sounds and, like it could be the end for that well, regime. You never know. You never know because it's so. Uh, I mean, they're they're. They have so little information about the outside world that uh, they they think the world is like them. But the, the Kim Jong Un's de-emphasis of the military, along with widespread uh, shortages of food and everything else, is making for roving bands of young guys that that are hungry and that uh, uh, have needs. And um, I don't know, maybe they don't have anywhere to live. Who knows? They need money. They need food and. They also had their day of victory in the Great Fatherland Liberation War. That's uh, the the peace, the armistice that we signed with them back in the 1950s to split the peninsula in half. What a stupid thing that was! Truman should have gotten out of the way and let let MacArthur do his thing and get it over. <laughs> he with. just wanted to nuke them. That's all. Uh, well, I think that he just wanted to nuke right along the border. Is that what he, I know? He wanted to nuke something. Yeah, he wanted to nuke the Chinese, but he wanted to nuke them. In the north of, of Korea, from what I understand, he wanted to let the troops, our troops, cross the uh, the, the Yalu River, which is the border between uh, the Korean Peninsula and China, uh, the old Manchurian uh, uh, border. Manchuria is now part of China. That's the very northeast part of, of China, up there, right next to Russia and Japan and Korea. That's a tight little area up there, and they all kind of touch each other, and they're all not happy with each other a lot of the time. So, <laughs> so robbery and assaults ahead of the uh, it was the July 27th holiday uh, were, were going through the roof and citizens are upset and uh, the people don't feel safe walking on the streets, even in the big cities. And so they're stealing cigarettes, cash, food. Uh, they ripped a backpack off a guy and took off with it and, uh, it's it's really uh, you know it's it's kind of like here. I guess say it with, sounds like a Saturday night in New York. You know, it's, yeah, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like South Chicago on the weekend. <laughs> that's uh, you, right, exactly. Well, drive by. I think they probably take their bullets away from. <laughs> <laughs> here we go ahead and let them have bullets. Well, maybe it'll start a revolution over there of some sort. Yeah, yeah, and there's been a couple of murders, and uh, who knows. But they're saying now, as long as it's not murder, it's common for stealing from the residents to go on uh, without investigation or punishment within the military justice system. So apparently the military says, well, you know, so they went out and foraged a little bit. <laughs> Got some old farmer and took off with his, his rice for the month. <laughs> That's no big deal. Oh, what a mess that country is. Eh? <laughs> Got more farmers. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, even Kim has lost like 30 pounds or something like that. He's looking svelte or sick, one of the two. He was getting a little chunky there anyway, bud. Yeah, too much cheese. 
Now, there, listen, there's two military guys, and they were from an engineering unit. I mean, they're the guys that build bridges and stuff. <laughs> they fled after murdering two locals last month and taken off with all of their good stuff. Unbelievable. He better get a handle on that. That could turn into real problems for him if they start to organize ex-military yep. guys, you know? Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, Russia and China are holding joint military uh, uh, drills in China, in northwest China. It's been a long time since the Chinese have allowed foreign troops to come in. And you know what's stimulating a lot of this? What's that? Our pulling out of Afghanistan. They, the Chinese, are really upset with us and feel that we have been really irresponsible in pulling out of Afghanistan. And, and, and now somebody's going to have to pick up the slack because they have the same terrorist problems that we do. Did you know that? They have terrorism. In you China? Don't, you they, don't hear about it. Well, when That's they catch what, you, you're also you know pretty much done. Yeah, well, yeah, if you're a few, the Uyghurs, they got, <laughs> they're, they're imprisoned in uh, northwestern uh province way up there and uh, oh my gosh that's not a hospitable area either i wouldn't want to live there but the russians have done the afghanistan thing once already i don't think they're really in any mood to go back no i don't think so either but i do think that they're into containment so r remember that you've got afghanistan northern pakistan and uh, northwest china which is uh, a lot of Muslim uh, tribes there. So you've got these these three countries that are right next to each other, and you've got this quarter of fundamentalistic Muslims who are uh, fomenting terrorism against their own countries, against other countries, against China, against Russia, against the United States. And who's going to contain them? Well, we're pulling out. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we had our 10 years, so now it's your turn. Yeah, so we're, we're handing it off to the Chinese, and they're— they're not happy about this at all. I got a call from uh, President Xi this morning, and he said he wanted to mention this so that uh, maybe President Biden would do something about it. Yeah, Joe tunes into this show every week. We know that. Yeah, yeah he's listening, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm, he is. Remember what the hell we say, but he's listening. <laughs> Poor guy. Speaking of politics, um, what did you think about the um, the meeting uh, President, former President uh, Trump had with his uh, cabinet? Is he I running again, you think? I think so. He's yeah. raised $82 million. He's got so a lot far. of money, yeah. That's a lot of cash for for just six months, and he's not, the campaign's not even here for another, what, two and a half years? Yeah. I like the shadow, like shadow government kind of thing going on. Yeah, and, uh, you, you know, Larry Kudlow was in, his, uh, it was in his inner circle, and now he's a big guy on the uh, Fox Business Channel, has that evening show. And he's a pretty insightful guy. I don't know if you've ever listened to him. Not often, no. But he's a you know he's a, he's a financial guy. Mm -hmm. he helped with the uh, planning the financial side of the uh, regime uh, under Trump. So we'll see. They they may make a comeback. And uh, you know, a lot of people are saying. I mean, a lot of people are saying that we're going to sweep the twenty twenty two the midterm. That we're going to take back the House and the Senate. I don't know. We'll see. Well, uh, it's historically. The party out of power does return to power in at least one of those bodies. Yeah, and and that'll certainly put the brakes on everything. And did you see where the Senate, uh, they all went home t today after yesterday's session? Remember they were in there for the uh, for the infrastructure? I was, I was hoping they would at least get that done because this is something I think we need. It's just me, they, though. They didn't get it done. No. 
they didn't get it done. Well, even if they do get it done and they send it back down to the house, the house is going to butcher it because they want, you know, they want to grow turnips in, in the backyard and and uh, kill all cows to stop methane emissions. And <laughs> what's what's that got to do with in, with infrastructure? We're talking just, roads, bridges, um, trains, buses. What else? Um, I, pipes, I, I think, sewers. That's all infrastructure. We've got devices we can hook up to the rear end of cows and collect all that. <laughs> Recycle that stuff, baby. We'll burn that as fuel. <laughs> well, that better pay at least $15 an hour, let me tell you. Well, the cows are demanding it. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, they're on strike. And uh, they won't go. They're utterly upset. Ah-ha. Ah-ha. <laughs> and delicious, I might add. Yeah. Have you seen the, the the modern dairy farms? Have you seen how they work? The cows have their own milking station, and they can come and go as they please, and there's no human contact. They just walk in, and they straddle the, uh, the, the milk machine, and it comes up, and it grabs onto their udders, and it milks them. And then when they're done, they, and they can munch on some hay while they're there or oats or whatever. And then when they're done, they walk back out into the field and hang out with their girlfriends. It's pretty neat. No I, human. I saw a video with uh, an, that particular system a couple of weeks ago. The reason it was on the internet was because a lightning bolt hit that system. Ooh, and that had to hurt. <laughs> all the cows on that system at that time just fell over. They were all electrocuted, every one of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a terrible way to go. Yeah, I mean, coming up through your teats, too. Yeah, man. exactly that, what I'm saying. That's not a pleasant way to go. No. <laughs> So that sounds spell. like some kind of torture they'd they'd use to get information out of you. Took out like ten of them. Oh my god. Yeah. So at any rate, so the Chinese and the Russians are holding a, a joint uh, um, exercises, military exercises. I'm looking at uh, one of the tanks that the Chinese are riding in. Looks like a T-72. I'm, I'm, it doesn't look like it'd be much match for our. Uh, Abrams, but because uh, I think we pretty much swept the field in Iraq, and those were all T seventy twos. Yeah, yeah. This is just um, the Nixon gambit in reverse. Yeah, remember yeah, the think... Nixon gambit? Remember that he opened up China, but that was really aimed at saying, "Watch it, we're going to get together, Russia, and you're going to be in big trouble." That's just the reverse. Well, we play each other off each other all the time. I mean, yeah. there's nothing new here. No. And, uh, you know, in a couple of years, China will, will be our best BFF again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will be mad at the Russians. The pendulum keeps going back and forth. Which way is it going now? Is it forth or back? I can't remember. I think it's kind of centered at the moment. I'm not sure where it's going. <laughs> and then, you know how we're throwing around all these discussions in the Congress and in the press about the, uh, the uh, high-tech companies like Facebook and YouTube and all these people having way too much power and so on and so forth. What do you think's going on in China? The exact same thing. And they, uh, the Chinese government is saying that they have made it clear they'll no longer uh, allow Internet giants to make the rules on data collection and usage. Same problem. <laughs> Guess what the difference is? They can do it. They can do it. They don't have to wait for Congress to make a decision. They, they just make say, a phone call, and it's done. It's done. They just call the, you know, you just call the party together for a weekend, and you say, this is what you're voting. Here's the slate. And they say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Jack Ma, who started uh, Alibaba 
and um, he has a, a big tech thing, and he's a big financier. He made a speech last year saying that the financial regulatory people in the government in China were stifling uh, uh, progress and innovation, and well, they didn't like that. And so he kind of fell out, and now he's back in. I guess he made his uh, mea copas, and he's coming back in. And so Alibaba is, however, under fire, because I guess one of the companies that uh, Jack Ma has set up is kind of like a, a financier company, and it works with the banks, only the banks take the risk, uh, and he's sort of like the underwriter. So the banks, he lends the banks the money, and then the banks lend the money out to the people, and the banks guarantee that they'll pay him back X amount, you know, kind of similar to our uh, our mortgage uh, uh, insurance. But the, the government says, well, you can't do that. You're not a regulated uh, uh, financing company. And so Jack Ma said, well, well, so what? You know, and, <laughs> and they said, well, this is so what? We're, we're stepping in. And so they did. And they're going after uh, the ed tech, which is which are companies that set up and they sell educations online. You know how we do it here. You got all these online sure. uh, d degrees and all that you can get. Well, of course, we branched out into into China. And uh, also there's some homegrown companies. And, and so the government's saying, wait a minute, this isn't right. Education should be free. Have you heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> Where have we heard that? And so they're going to make all of these for-profit education companies become nonprofit to make sure that uh, the poor people, the poor kids get a free education. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then there's uh, there's this uh, uh, there's this it's I guess it's kind of like Uber. What's it called? It's called DD uh, DIDI. It's like Uber, and they're going after DD. You know why? DD has this incredible algorithm for gathering data on people, and so they have more information on people than the government. <laughs> in China they, they know everywhere you're going and what you're doing and and you know just like just like uh, uh, what is it Google knows where, what we're up to here and they're saying wait a minute this is an invasion of the privacy of the individuals have we heard that before we have <laughs> it's the same life's the same everywhere today really I guess you know, a lot of the problems are similar. The solutions are a little bit different. So the report went on to point out that no Internet giant is allowed to become a super database that has more personal data about the Chinese people than the country does, not to mention using the data at its own will. Well, well, my, my, my. All right. Well, well we could do that here, I'm sure. Just take a little legislation, that's all. Yeah, but, yeah, it's called uh, getting it through Congress. Exactly, yeah. And so the massive amount of power the tech giants have accumulated there, as in here, as in our country, uh, is uh, coming under fire. And, and they're seeing these as uh, monopolies. And so they're implementing their anti-monopoly laws now. And they're going to break these companies up. All right. So we're getting close to the end here. Ken, is there anything you want to add before Dr. Bill signs off for the day? Call Dr. Bill. Sign up as his Dr. patient, Bill. please. And Seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one, and come in, 
and be reasonable. If I tell you to get the vaccine, damn it, get it. That's an order. Does that count? Can I give orders? It's your show. You can do whatever you want. I can. But you got to do it in 10 seconds. (laughs) Bye. See you later. See you next week, Doc. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic.